Hi, I'm Renee Philpott, and this is Selling with Charm. After over 26 years in sales, there's one thing I have learned. Sales is fun. Join me as I help you simplify your sales process, and together we will reach your weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. This week, I want to talk about a fashion icon, and it is Lily Pulitzer. Now, the reason I want to talk about her is not just that she had great fashion sense and that she created a beautiful brand, but I really want to talk about the business behind it, but why it worked for her. So you probably know more about Lily than I do, um, but she has some Kentucky ties that I think are pretty interesting. So I'll share those and I'll share three takeaways that I get from her business and her life that I can really appreciate. So I hope it gives you maybe a fresh perspective on that. So I'll get started. So what got me thinking about Lily is I went to an estate sale a couple of weeks ago and I picked up this great vintage dress. It had a beautiful, vibrant print and I brought it home and I noticed on the dress itself on the, in the print, it said, Lily. And so I looked at the tag, and sure enough, it was a Lily Pulitzer dress. So I was pretty excited about that because it was vintage and one of, you know, way back when she first started her business, probably from the 60s, maybe the 70s. So that made me remember an article I saw about Lily several years ago, and she had Kentucky ties. She actually came here and worked with Mary Breckenridge in the late 40s probably maybe 48, 49. I don't have an exact date. Nothing I've seen really gives you an exact date. And she worked there for several months. Now, Mary Breckenridge, if you're not familiar with her, started the Frontier Nursing Service in 1925. And her mission was to save mamas and babies in Eastern Kentucky. She worked in four Eastern Kentucky counties. It was Harlan, Leslie, Perry, and Clay County. And both of my parents were born in home, delivered by the Frontier Nursing Service. So that story was pretty special to me. Then to find out that this fashion icon actually came into the mountains and spent some time helping people in a place that was nothing like where she was from. Because as we all know, she was very wealthy from New York, and she had been to the best boarding schools, preparatory schools, all of that. But she spent some time as she was quoted, giving her time. And so she came here because she loved horses and she had had horses in her family and at the Frontier Nursing Service, they used horses to sometimes get to these homes and to deliver medicine and messages and even babies, all of that. So that was one of the draws to her. Now, it's kind of funny to me because after I I got a book uh, about Lily, that was written by Catherine Livingston, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And it talks about Kentucky, and so she was in the woodsy hills of Kentucky, and they certainly are woodsy, uh, even now, more so, I'm sure, then. And so it was just interesting to me because her family was really into thoroughbreds and racing, and they were very familiar with the Kentucky Derby, had a derby party every year. And the part of Kentucky where she came was nothing like that. The horses that, you know, were here, I know, were nothing like what she was used to. So that was 
really interesting to me just to imagine what that must have been like. Now, she ultimately ended up going back to New York and she volunteered there at the Veterans Hospital in the Bronx and gave more of her time. But, you know, she she felt cut off from people after several months of being here in Kentucky. So I can certainly see that because it was very different from where she was. But that gave me a reason to be curious about Lily. And so I looked into it a little more and I've really been enjoying the book. So the story with Lily, we've all heard. You've probably heard different versions like I have. But her husband was in the citrus growing business. So what was unusual about them, they had eloped to get married and then decided to live full time in Florida which doesn't sound like much to us now, but at that time it was a little harder to get to Florida and especially down near Palm Beach where they were going. People just didn't stay there for the entire year. They would go in the winter, but the summers was really hot. Air conditioning was not the same as it is now. The interstate system was not what it is today. All of that. So to say we're going to go there and we're going to live all year was pretty unique. Both of them being from wealthy families, but just choosing to live in a different a different lifestyle. And so there was there's plenty of things out there about them when they were first married. They threw great parties, but it wasn't the kind of parties where they had wait staff that was you know entertaining you or getting it ready. They were doing it as guests would come in. They'd have them chopping the vegetables and the fruit. It was just a big party, and Lily was often seen barefoot. And that really leads you to where she went with fashion. So after she had her three children, she went through a time of something of a nervous breakdown, and she ended up going to New York to a hospital. And ultimately, the doctor just said, there's not anything wrong with you. You just need something to do. And so she and her husband worked out a plan when she went home. They found her something to do she started selling the fruit that he was growing. So the citrus fruit that he was a part of, she was actually going door to door and selling it. Now, you know, I love that because she was a real salesperson, not just a designer. And as it went along, she evolved because she had, you know, a real eye for visual. And she just, you know, she saw this fruit that people really didn't want to buy because it wasn't the prettiest, but it would make great juice. So It went from her selling fruit door to door, and then she was selling like gift boxed fruit. And then she decided she was going to start this juice stand. Now, everyone there was wealthy and they were familiar with her and her family. And a lot of people might have been embarrassed to even try something. I mean, she certainly didn't need the money, but she did it because she wanted to do something. And so the, the book describes it like people were kind of enchanted with her. So you can imagine she was tanned and barefoot and just having a great time everywhere she went. So she sets up this stand, something of what it would feel like to have a lemonade stand is the way the book described it. And her husband was bringing back the fruit and, and it was, they were delivering it in the station wagon and then they were making, she was making juice. And that was going well. She was making use of the fruit that nobody really wanted to buy. And it was still making great, tasty juice. And then she decided that that was working pretty well, except the juice would get on your clothes. And so in those days, people had dressmakers, wealthy people had dressmakers because like Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren 
weren't into ready-made clothes like we can get today or that people can get. So they would copy the fashions that they saw in Europe and have their dressmakers make them. And so she wanted something simple and comfortable, something of a shift dress, but she wanted it to be made out of cotton. So the cotton fabric that she was getting in was from the five and dime store. And she was just getting colorful fabrics that wouldn't show the juice. And she was having the dressmaker make these simple dresses, adding slits so it was easy to move around in. But the cotton was good for how hot it was there. So just she made something practical, but was almost like a pretty uniform is what the way I would describe the way uh, I imagine. And then she had like 12 made and she had them hanging there by her juice stand and and people were just crazy over them. I mean, they just loved them and they started buying them. And she had gone to school with Jacqueline Kennedy in the early years in boarding school. And so they knew each other and she bought one of these colorful dresses. Now, by this time, she had moved to where this was fabric. Gingham was pretty popular for curtains. And so that's the type of fabric she was using to use to make these dresses. And so as we all know, Jacqueline Kennedy was on the cover of a magazine and people just went crazy over these simple dresses that were very colorful, comfortable, and they could just put them on, go to dinner. They, they look good on most figures. And so it just felt good and, and people liked the way they looked. And so they just loved them. And this, this went on for years. They were very popular. So a lot of people feel like she was successful because she was wealthy. I look at it like she was successful in spite of being wealthy because she didn't need the money. And sometimes when we're thinking about business, we're thinking that's why we should be doing it. It is for income to make more money to become wealthy. But that's not why she was doing it. She was really enjoying it. She was quoted in an article in 1994 that she was saying, I had a wonderful time and I made $30,000 in a couple of months. Now, that was the first couple of months that she was selling this fruit door to door. And you know, she looked at it as having fun. So I think that's one of the takeaways that we can take from this story. So she was wealthy. She didn't necessarily need the money, but she she wanted something to do and she was going to have a good time doing it. So you know, we should all try to do that, to have fun doing what we want to do and um, find a way to kind of look at it. Like, how can I have fun doing this? And then also, and she chose to do new things. When she came to Kentucky, again, not where she had to come to. It was just one of the places that she wanted to, she wanted to explore what it would be like. So imagine that, you know, this is something totally different than what she was used to. She was coming to a rural, poor area of the country, and she was from something very opposite, but she was willing to do it. And then when she got here, she was happy doing it. Um, and so I really love that that was kind of adventurous, and she chose to do that. Um, so that is something that I really admire about her, too. And she was continually evolving. And she watched her business grow. First, she was selling the fruit. And then she thought, what about if I sell gift baskets? And then she thought, well, there's this fruit that is, is in great shape to make juice, but not very pretty. 
we should make juice. And then, you know, she saw the need for dresses so that you didn't get juice on your dresses and then, you know, making them comfortable and to feel good and all that heat. All of those things led to success and she was willing to change each time. You know, what she was doing was working and which she could have said, well, I'm done. This is successful. But she continued to make it more of what she wanted it to be. She was uh, very concerned with uh, what something was like visually. She she was very talented in that. So when she eventually got a shop, which from what I read, her husband really encouraged. She, he wanted her to have a real shop. And so when she had that opportunity, she made it visually beautiful, but very unique. Uh, it, of course, had the dresses, but she like, for example, it described a, a bed that they used for seating. And it had all these colorful pillows made out of all the fabrics from the dresses. And it showed how the different ones would work together. So I imagine it was gorgeous the way the book describes it. And that's the way that she wanted it because she wanted everything to be visually appealing. So she was continuing to make things better and to enjoy the process along the way. So I think that's something we can all take away from Lily's story. And then, as we all know, her brand sometime in the early 80s kind of slowed down uh, and she ultimately went out of business. Now, from what I read, she took care of all of the stores, all of her bills, everything when that happened. And then later in the early 90s, she sold the rights to that and, and then Lily came to life again. So that's another lesson that she teaches us. You know, she could have held on to that. She could have held on to the past and said, if it can't, be the way I want it. I don't want it to happen, but she didn't do that. She let it carry on and somebody else do more beautiful work with it. So I think that is another lesson that we can all take from Lily's story. So this is just a story that I have enjoyed reading and I think she has so much to teach us. So if you are in business, if you are in sales, whatever work you do, try to find a fun aspect in it or how can you make it more fun to where you can say I love this I enjoy doing this because that is one of the takeaways that you can see from this and then always be looking for how you can make it better or expand it just like she did she wasn't um, stuck on I'm going to make it this way um, not going to just continue selling fruit door to door what else can I do and be willing and open to, to see what your customers want and what the market is asking for and then pursue it um, because that's certainly what she did. So those are some of my takeaways. I really enjoyed learning more about this fashion icon and the reason behind the dresses. I love the idea that it was because they you know, felt good in the summer when it was hot, not just that they were pretty, but the fact that they felt good and were pretty made them a bestseller. So that's just some of my takeaways. And like I said, when you are looking at your business and what you're doing, how can you make it more fun? What is it that people are looking for? And how can you put your talents to work? Her talent was certainly when it came to the visual appeal of things. She, you know, she didn't sew these dresses herself. She just saw something and said, well, how about if we do this with and add it to this, what will happen? So, you know, you don't have to be start to finish the whole thing. She didn't grow the fruit, but she knew who did. And 
she took that fruit and said, what can we do with this? And she found several things to do with fruit then they hadn't been doing uh, before. So that's another lesson from Lily. So that is just some of my takeaways. And I could go on and on all day because I loved hearing her story and seeing what her company was in the beginning and then, you know, how it grew through the years. And then again, ultimately how it ended, but it was still a beautiful story and then how it came back to life. So that's all I have for you this week. I appreciate you. Have a great week.